the calm before. I slowed with my legs burning and my lungs gasping for air. I dropped to my knees and struggled to calm my breathing. Looking around, I realized I didn't know where I was, having never been this far before. It had been more than an hour or so since my father's outrage had dispersed. The taste of the Thai noodles was no longer in my mouth. Despite the drama that had unfolded, it was a beautiful warm day with a gentle warm breeze. The only way I learned to navigate the forest was by using the river's rocks and gradient to identify where it was. That is how I could tell that this was a new area for me, surrounded by unfamiliar shrubs and rocks. I climbed over a small rock section before shuffling down the other side, and that's when I could see her. A beautiful doe grazing, white spots on her back, and a fluffy white tail. She stood in the middle of a beautiful meadow. The sunlight was acting as a spotlight, perfectly directing its attention to the beautiful animal. I could see all the orange tiger lilies, gylardias, and black-eyed Susans, littering the floor, the colors and the smells. I'll never forget them. As I stepped out into the meadow, she saw me. She pulled her front right hoof up in the air and locked eyes with mine. I watched her for a few seconds, and it felt like all of my troubles had gone away. I slowly drew my bow. My heart was beating hard as the tension made the carbon creak. I took a deep breath and held it briefly before aligning the target and slowly releasing the tension in my lungs, and then the bow. The doe didn't react as I released the arrow. It flew silently across the meadow. The arrow struck her above the heart, approximately four-inch radius at the center of the circulatory system, and she fell gracefully away from me onto her side. I felt relief, as well as a sense of calm. I walked eagerly over to her, stepping over hundreds of beautiful and colorful flowers. Her breathing had already stopped. Blood had run into the earth and spoiled some of those wonderful flowers, turning them into a dark red heavy mess. She was still so beautiful and graceful, even in death. I braced my boot on her, next to the arrow, and pulled so that I could retrieve it. I pulled so hard I flew back and hit the floor, landing on my back, knocking the wind out of me. So I just lay there. I let out a chuckle and wore a big smile as I lay in the flowers, staring at the clear blue sky that sat like an ocean between the treetops. I felt wonderful. It was so quiet and calm in the forest, with such a gentle breeze. It felt like I was in a dream, so peaceful. I thought I would have felt bad for killing the doe, but I didn't. And for so long, I wouldn't do it, kill an animal. But that day was different. My father had stirred something inside of me. I felt determined. As I lay there, a low rumble 
grew in the distance. It was quiet at first, but it was getting closer and closer. My smile had gone and I sat up as my attention was rudely ripped from my experience. It was getting louder and louder until it was shaking the ground beneath me, and then two objects darkened my vision of the sky above, and in a second, they were gone, leaving a trail of white smoke in its path. I felt anxious and panicked. It was a feeling that I'd never had before. What followed was the loudest noise I had ever heard. It made the earth tremble with fear. All the animals in the forest ran, birds flew away, and I gasped. It was a bomb. It must have been. I'd never heard one before, but had learned enough to know what it was. The feeling of dread gripped me, and I knew that I had to get back, back home to the cabin, to my father. I knew he was hiding something this morning. I hope he's safe. The sun had started to blend with the treetops. It was sinking, just like the feeling in my stomach. I could see smoke in the sky behind me, in the distance. I just knew that this was bad, really bad. There's no way it was an accident. Was it military? Were we under attack? I had learned about Russian aircraft testing defenses. This had been a tactic for many years. But they wouldn't, would they? The dense dark green trees of the forest made the sunlight retreat too fast for comfort. With the bow in one hand and my rucksack on my back, I struggled to run home fast enough. I was bounding over fallen trees and avoiding dips in the earth. I hit a small rock with the tip of my boot as I tried to hop it. I was sent flying forwards. The rucksack slid up my back as I fell, forcing my face into a tree stump. All I could remember was blackness. I woke up with blistering pain in my head. I put my hand on my forehead to inspect the damage. It was really dark. I could hardly see anything at all. I thought the impact had made me blind. Blood had run down my face and into my eyes. It was nearly dry in some parts, so I knew that quite a lot of time had passed. My eyes were sore. I did my best to wipe the blood out. I felt cold and was shaking. I knew the dangers of shock and knew that I had a limited time to get home safely. I rummaged into my bag, pulling a small plastic bottle of water from it. My father always made me carry spare. He said it was essential for survival. I opened the screw top and with shaking hand, I clumsily poured water onto my sleeve. So I used that to wipe the blood from my eyes, then poured the rest into my eyes and painfully blinked until I could start to see again. I waited for my vision to return and adjust. It was a dark, dark night. It was pointless trying to move until I could do it safely. Besides, I didn't even have a sense of direction at this point. I managed to eat a few sugar cubes that were in my rucksack. I crunched them one by one, trying to prevent shock. My vision had restored to about ten yards distance, and I was feeling a little more able to move effectively. It's time to go, Dee, I said to myself. My mind was already playing tricks on me. I was possessed by fear and found it hard to move. I tried to keep my breathing quiet, but found the noise of my heart pounding in my ears. I had to move. I navigated the darkness cautiously, each step soft and careful. 
The worry of what had already happened and the fear of this now uncertain time had gripped me firmly. Using my hand-wound torch only gave me a few extra yards of sight and projected a very small circle on the floor. Pointing it higher wouldn't have made a difference as the light dissipated into the darkness. It was such a black night. The moon was hidden by clouds, and the thick canopy ensured that no light would assist my struggle. I managed to find a section of rocks that were familiar to me. It was a stroke of luck to have done so, as my torchlight briefly showed a few chalk drawings I'd placed there over the years. Yes, I thought. I'd been here so many times I could navigate it with my eyes closed, and basically had to. It was quiet now. I couldn't hear any animals, no rustling, and no explosions. Every time I stopped, I almost held my breath to try and enhance my hearing. There was nothing. My head was feeling better, although it was still sore. The pain inside had reduced. No more blood, and I hadn't passed out with shock either. At least, that was good news. It took a long time to make it home. I could see the lights from the top of the porch between some trees. A bulb hanging bare wore a soft yellow glow, giving just enough light to guide me back in. I thankfully climbed the two wooden steps onto the porch. The door was already open. I stepped in. Hello? I asked with some urgency. No reply. I asked again. Hello? Eli? There was no answer. I felt worried. Where is he, and why isn't he here? I could only hope he was safe and that he would return soon. I waited for an hour, and still, Eli had not returned. I cleaned myself up and inspected the injuries. I was okay. Lucky, really, only minor injuries. I managed to eat a few rations and hydrate while I was waiting. Gaining energy was important for my recovery. I didn't know what else to do. Should I go and look for him in that city? Probably not a great idea, as I had no idea where to start. I'd brewed a cup of tea and walked out onto the porch, sipping it. Darkness still engulfed the forest. A rare appearance from the moon cast some light on the area in front of the cabin. It looked eerie. I sipped from my steaming cup of tea once more as the clouds parted. My view of the tree line ahead exposed itself. I froze instantly as the moonlight revealed a human figure lingering between trees on the edge of the opening. The moonlight continued to fade in and out across the dark sky, and the figure was no longer there. I thought the bang on my head must have been playing tricks on me. I turned to walk back into the cabin, and as I did so, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. I felt my skin tighten. A familiar noise grew in strength, and at a similar rate, as the fear flowed over me once more. It was the aircraft noise I had heard a few hours earlier. The noise grew and grew until... Bang. The explosion bigger this time. 
the earth trembling once again, and a soft glow appeared above the trees some kilometers away. I instantly knew that I had to go. I couldn't stay here. I need to know what was going on, and finding my father was the best option. I just know he's involved somehow. Was my father safe? Was I? I ran back into the cabin with some urgency, grabbing the rucksack that I had placed on the table and turned it upside down, pouring all of its random contents onto the table. Knocking over everything already placed there without concern, I upturned the bag and then put back in everything I thought would be useful, torch, food, and anything that resembled first aid supplies. I took a hunting knife I knew my father kept in his room. It was large with serrated edges and black in color. I strapped it to my right thigh, placing the handle on the right side so I could easily access it with my stronger arm if I needed to. Only until I know I'm safe, I thought to myself. I twisted my shoulder-length brown hair, tying it up behind my head, picked up my rucksack, and strapped it on securely, took a deep breath, and stepped out into uncertainty to go into the city.